Well, I'm very pleased to introduce you to Battery Mineral Resources. We are a battery minerals focused junior mining company and in the development space. And I'm Martin Costwick, CEO and a director. And I'd like to allow you to, um, uh, to give me the time to give you an introduction to uh, the company. And from my point of view as, a, as a, an executive of the company and also a shareholder, why you would consider investing in battery mineral resources. Well, hello and welcome to London. But you're just about to disappear, so <laughs> how was the conference? It's been great. Yeah. Uh, we've been very active. We've, we've met a lot of new people and some people that we've seen before. So it's, it's been very good that way. Are you kind of finding it's better meeting people face to face or having some two years of oh. Zoom calls and so forth? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, the interaction like we're doing right now, it's, it's, uh, it's where we need to be. Yeah. So, and what sort of people were there at the conference? I mean, are you after institutional, which is a little bit more European retail? Well, you know, we've seen a, a mixture of, of everything uh, from institutional um, to uh, a little bit of retail and, and quite honestly, several private investors that have an interest in us. So we're, we're quite pleased to, to talk to everybody. Okay. Okay. And, and we have a great story. So. Yes, we spoke, we spoke before, and I'll, we'll reference yeah. that in a link below this uh, video. People should go and see that, give the, giving them the kind of backstory to this, because it's a it's a small company, but there's a bunch of portfolio right. assets that you've got. We're that's focused right. on Chile, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. So, yeah. since we spoke in February, you've been t drawing down on that convertible. Um, yes. So you've got the money to do what you want to do, have you? We do. You know, the convertible. Uh, you know. You know, let me back up. I mean, we've been a public company for a little over a year now, and we've brought um, $27 million into the company over that time. And every bit of that money has gone towards our projects. Um, the main focus is um, our recently acquired copper mine mm -hmm. uh, in Chile. Now, this is a former producing copper mine. And back to your point about the convertible, um, we, we were able to secure a $10 million um, convertible note. And the majority of that is going towards um, what I would say the development of that project because mm -hmm. that's that's the launching point of the company and that gives us a nice start to uh, to the full financing which is required to get it into production. Well, talk to me why, remind me again yeah. why you went down the converter because eight percent coupon on that was that is that deferred in any way? What are the other terms? Well, it's a three year goes? it's a three year um, note yeah. and and what it does is it gives us the ability to bring cash into the company in a, in a, on very good terms for us. Right. Um, and, and it allows us to sort of defer that uh, uh, probable but not, not um, definite dilution in the future because it, it could be paid with cash or shares. Right. Okay. But you also do need to raise a little bit more money to kind of get this thing up and running. So yeah. maybe before we leap into that, I should sure. start with what have you been up to since we spoke with regards to moving Chile forward? You know, we've been very, very active down there from the very start. You know, we acquired the project um, at the asset level. We closed the deal back in May mm -hmm. um, of last year, and it was a $12 million best efforts private placement. And almost immediately, we were able to put a team together and go in there and start developing the project. Um, the majority of the money has been spent on a drilling program, which we've just concluded, I would call it phase one of our drilling program, which was around 33,000 meters. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been doing engineering, um, we do uh, metallurgical testing, modifying our existing permits. Former producing, yeah. what, what was this drilling doing? Was it, was it a little bit of infill and a little bit of expansion? It was, it was a combination of both. Um, we, went in, we went into the project with sort of eyes wide open, mm -hmm. peel back the layers, look for the opportunities, the risks. And one of the things that we, we immediately 
uh, understood about the project is that we needed to come out and and hit the drilling really hard because the last two operators um, didn't necessarily spend a lot of money on drilling, and especially the prior operator because in, you know their their misfortune was was our fortune because they came in they bought the operation from from Glencore while it was operating and. Um, almost immediately found themselves in trouble because they were in a declining copper market. Mm. And of course, if you're an operator and you're limited uh, with cash, um, they, they simply didn't do any drilling. Um, so we, we came in, we understood that we had to come, you know, we, we had this great asset with all the hard assets that are there. Glencore invested in this thing and operated it for over eight years. Mm -hmm. One of the things that was missing was some drilling. So that's exactly what we did. Right. And that was the main focus. What, what, what's that informing you of that's going to allow you to most efficiently get this thing up and running or plan how you get it yeah, up Yeah, that's running? a good question. You know, when we acquired the um, the assets of the mine, we, we had a choice to do one of two things. One would be to raise money and drill, raise money, drill, yeah. study, Old study, model. study, yeah. um, or raise money and drill and get a critical mass of tons put together and enough such that we could make a decision to go into production. Right. And that's the path we took. That's interesting. We're seeing a few companies do that more yeah. and more, which is sort of not the usual North American model. Get some cash flowing, it's anti-dilutory. And, yeah. and we spoke last time, you said, right, yeah. this is good, good grades, right? Good yeah. grades. Mm -hmm. It's not a big project. But um, it, sh it shows a kind of route to market, and maybe there's other projects like this that could be snaffled up in, in the district. Right? You're absolutely right. Right. You know, this is the launching point for us um, as a company um, that's just come to the market and with the clear vision of becoming a cash flowing entity. This is a nice bite sized uh, way to get into that uh, form of business. Right. Uh, that's really what it is. But first of all, Got to get this one over the line, right? Yeah. So, as I referenced yeah. earlier, you obviously drawn down the convertible, mm -hmm. done a bit of activity, mm -hmm. but you're going to need to raise a chunk more money. Sure. What type of money will this be the next round? Um, who from? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things people are waiting for in terms of how are we going to fund this into production. As you said, we, we just closed a $10 million convertible. Um, much of that money is, uh, is going towards allocating to the what, what I would call the restart capital for the mine. Um, but, uh, you know, our focus and, and part of the reason why we did this convertible is our, our focus really is to be non-dilutive as much as we can. And we're looking at various non-dilutive measures that would bring capital into the company. Um, we're currently talking to uh, traders in, in terms right. of prepays for offtake. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking in the, into the private debt markets mm -hmm. and we're also have interest from royalty companies. So we feel like um, um, one of those three or a combination of a couple of them will, will bring us over the line. We currently have about half of the restart capital right. that we're looking for very close at hand. So we're looking to close the gap with one of those other three options. What do you mean close at hand? What does that mean? Well, close at hand for us, um, we're, we're, a, we're a brand new company and we're a small company. We're, we're a little bit uh, convoluted because we actually have an operating entity within our company. It's a company that um, we brought into BMR uh, as a part of the RTO, uh, mm -hmm. RTO process when we became public uh, about a year ago. And this operating entity, it, it, uh, it's called uh, ESI, Energy mm -hmm. Services Incorporated. Um, it generates cash. It's an operating business, about $5 million in EBITDA a year. Okay. It what has actual 
cash, free, free cash flow, as in stuff that you can get. Well, uh, well, I'll give you an example. You know, we've drilled about 33,000 meters and they pretty much um, um, funded that entire program for us okay. in, in terms of the cash that they're generating. So they are a source of cash. It's a great business. Um, I, I really enjoy working with the group that runs, runs the business in terms of looking for ways to improve it and, and grow the business. And so, um, but it, it, so not only does it provide cash to our company, um, which is part of our restart capital, in the future here. Um, but they have various assets that we're looking to monetize. And that's what I mean, close at hand. Um, there's some real estate that we're looking at selling. Um, and, and in fact, in one case, um, we're looking at a sale leaseback for a chunk of uh, real estate that they have. So mm -hmm. um, they have a lot of um, various uh, uh, value that they could bring into the company and, and keep our financing non-dilutive. Right. Yeah. Because you also got some other Portfolio companies got the, the gra graphite over. We did right. Okay, Where was it? Asia somewhere in in South Korea. Got it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. The best place to have graphite, by the way. Right. Okay. 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 Let's go with that. Um, the battery manufacturers everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Um, Ontario. You got Idaho. Um, and Nevada. And Nevada. Yeah. Right. And then of, of course, course Chile. Of course Chile. So mm -hmm. we talked last time. We said offloading some of those probably isn't what you want to be doing. Yeah, look, but is it a possibility now? It, it is a possibility. You know, we have interest from various groups that that um, would like to entertain the thought of doing a joint venture or completely acquiring some of our um, non-active assets. Mm. Um, and I say non-active, and because our our focus right now is, you know, we have our eyes on the goal, which is yes. putting Punataki back into cash flowing, yep. and hence we're not paying a lot of attention. We're maintaining and we own these other assets, but we're we're not developing them. And right. We have a lot of potential to bring value to the company, whether we develop them ourselves or uh, we go and partner with someone. So it's not they're not on the table. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, back to Punitaki, right? Um, yeah. we, wh whatever that money looks like, and you know, you'll tell us if, how, when you you get that in place yeah. in some shape or form. Yeah. What's the time? Remind me of the time yeah. frame for getting to production because I think you said about twelve months, but there's a ramp up. And yes, when do we reach optimum output? Well, you know, th those those are all things that people are very interested in, in understanding, and and it's pretty simple. We've been telling everybody, our investors, our future investors, that we would like to be um, putting new tons through the mill and producing copper by the end of the year. Right. If, if you work backwards from that uh, to, to now, we need to start allocating capital towards that effort pretty soon. Right. And job one is, is mine development and getting things organized to establish enough ore faces mm -hmm. to have a sustainable supply um, regular supply of ore to the mill. So um, we're, we're heading towards that and things are coming very so soon. What, so what incremental amount of cash is needed to put you in a position to do that? We are looking right now at a um, overall initial capital, which, which I would call, when I say initial capital, so everybody understands, it's really what we need to spend from now until the time that we're we're uh, completely uh, cash positive. Uh, we become a self-basting turkey. We can supply 
um, cash to our own to ourselves. So that initial capital is anywhere from twenty three to twenty five million dollars. Mm -hmm. That includes working capital, mm -hmm. and you know we're we're refining that number as as things change in the marketplace and whatnot. But it's around that, and like I said, we have about half of that close at hand, mm -hmm. and we're looking to fill fill the gap uh, with the other with right. those three means that I was talking about. Okay, and then. The because this form of producing, mm -hmm. there's a lot of historic data which you've been utilizing and analyzing and adding to your own um, right. your own data too. But with regards to you mentioned met work happening, studies, etc. So in terms of that process, funded to be able to do that, mm -hmm. great. Um, when do you expect to be able to actually share some of that with the marketplace? Some of the, the results from yeah. all the studies and yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, that's going to start coming out because. Um, you know, these things take a while and, and we've been at it since about August of last year. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to start having a lot of news that we can share with the, uh, with the public, with our investors regarding our metallurgical test work results. Um, you know, we our drilling results. We've been sharing all along the way, which have been very positive. Um, we're, we, we'd love to update everybody on our efforts for uh, permitting. Uh, we've got a number of things going on along those fronts. And so good news is coming very quickly and it seems to all be coming sort of all at once. Uh, these things take a while and they all seem to be coming together right now. So. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's that's the kind of long pole in the tent, right? You, you got to get those things over that hump before I'm sure the, the money would say, okay, here, here's the money. That's right. Right? That's right. That's been yeah. a massive one of those. So what is the, what's been the delay or has there been a delay or no. this is what you expect the time was? No, this is really what we expected. Okay. You know, we've, we've been very diligent in terms of systematically de-risking the project and, and these, these things, they all have their own timeline, but it all seems to be coming together you know, currently. So right. we're looking forward to sharing a lot of information here in the near future. Okay, so talk to me about recoveries because there's a bit of historic data. Yeah. You can do some that work yourself. And what was your expectation around that? Yeah, you know, it, it, I think you're right. I mean, it's important for people to understand that this mine has a nine-year operating history and we, we have a ton of operating data. Mm. So you, you might wonder, well, why are these guys doing metallurgical test work? Why are they doing all these things? Um, it's not that we don't trust or, or believe in the historic data. It's there and it's very useful. But we're trying. To, we're coming into this project with eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. We want to understand everything we can about it. Um, and so, hence, we're doing a lot of uh, work that might seem repetitive because you could just look in the past and, and learn. And um, but one of the things we've done, and this is all driven by our very successful drill program, is that we've outlined a couple of new ore bodies that um, never have. Found the mill in, in the past and because of that we're doing the, the requisite metallurgical test work that you would, you would want to see people do to understand exactly how this ore is going to go through the mill what is it going to provide in terms of um, opportunities for cash flow um, so it's really driven by our, our successful drill program that we're doing a lot of this work okay yeah. like I said earlier the, yeah. the project itself is it's okay but it's of a certain size, right? It's, it's not going to set the world alight. But it's you've done it at speed. You've proved you, you can do it. Mm -hmm. and that's a nice start. Mm -hmm. It will throw off some money. Lovely. Question I'd be asking is, what are you going to do with that money, right? So yeah. we reference maybe going find similar projects in, in the area, in You're the district. Right. So, so let's just let's come back to what that, what that could look like. Mm -hmm. Quite distressed market at the moment for everyone, mm -hmm. not just mining, everyone. Mm -hmm. um, 
there may be opportunity, probably more opportunities as a result. So again, the conversations you're having, the type of money that you're having, uh, type of money from the providers that you're, you're talking to, does that give you access to capital for M&A activity? Do you, you need to use cash in this environment? How, how do you envisage the future looking? Because that's where the growth story is. That's what I'm interested yeah, in. Yeah, B- BMR, you know, our, our goal, you're absolutely right, is to use the Punataki mine as a launching point for the company. And we feel that we have an amazing amount of opportunities to scale the company right, um, right there in Chile. Um, we've been very active down there since we've visited now a few times since the borders open, getting to know the people and, and the players in the marketplace. And we find ourselves in this, um, in, in Chile, you have small, medium and large uh, mining. It's, it's that simple. And we're in the, the medium size range, which is from maybe 4,000 tons of copper all the way up to about 40,000. Mm-hmm. And there's a, just an amazing amount of opportunity there for us to um, potentially just repeat what we're doing at Punataki. Mm-hmm. And, and as you say, this isn't a, um, a giant mine, it's not a huge thing in, in terms of the world of copper production, but for us, it is a very meaningful thing because we're going from zero you know, to 25 million pounds. And, and if you think about that, um, we get that, we get Punataki operating and we do it successfully, which by the way, is job one. But you're asking about the future, so we'll talk about that. Um, we're thinking a lot about it. And, and if we can go and, and we have visibility on a lot of projects, um, which could double our production within about 18 months to 24 months. Okay. So going from zero to 25 and then again another 25, that's a meaningful step change for a company like ours. It is, but it's, it's, yeah. a, big, it's a big step. It's a big step because you don't know sure. what, where that is or what it is at, at the moment, right? So I think that's my point is like if, yeah. if you've got all the stepping stones in place mm-hmm. and you've done things at a pace, that's great. Um, and it's a question of how quickly do you think you can move forward with that kind of growth story, find, find the next asset, negotiate the next asset, find the money or structure, right. some, some way of acquiring or optioning it. Yeah. it, it it's it's going to be tough because there's a bit of competition out there. Well, no, there is, but you know, the, the great part about working in and looking in this medium-sized market it's it's below the radar of of majors and um and it's it's just a it's a very large segment of the mining industry in chile so is that the edge the fact that it is because it's like you know most people go give me a project i'll scale it up bring it nice and easy the harder one is doing as you say maybe piecing together a bunch of satellite projects right. and coming together but there's less competition there's, I think there is and, yeah. and, and, and and a lot of these operations most of them are privately owned yeah. and so they're not out there you know it's, it's a different dynamic okay. right um, and yeah the, you know the majors aren't looking at a 25 million pound uh, it wouldn't make a difference to them, so they're not they're not wasting their time. So you know, for us, we've always viewed Punataki as a launching point, and the value that it's going to bring to the company is something that we can leverage in the future mm-hmm. to do transactions to scale the company, and that's that's really what it's about. And and along the way, we're finding um, healthy partners that would probably um, enjoy to be a part of that whole story mm-hmm. um, in terms of providing capital. But it's really the value of the company that we would leverage, and the value is going to be created by Punataki. Okay. Given the market's really tricky at the moment, yeah. um, people are looking for catalysts everywhere. So sure. For your shareholders and anyone looking in need of this, what next six months, what are you delivering? 
That's a great question because we, as I was saying earlier, all of these things are coming together almost at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so the next six months for us are going to be very busy and very important. We have a a number of catalysts uh, coming at us. And I think probably the two things that people are most interested in, one is what kind of a a resource base do we have in front of us? That would justify the investment. The timing for that it would be what? That's in the next six weeks. Okay, brilliant. Okay. What else we got on the list? So that's coming up. And then and then the clarity on how we're going to fund this into production. And that's all coming together. Um, okay. You know, so it, it's coming very soon. You so. can't tell me about it yet. Right. But you, you are in discussion. That's right. Okay, discussions. Yeah. Discussions. We're, we're, we're approaching this on three different fronts, as I yeah. said, uh, the off-takers, yeah. private debt markets, and also royalty companies. Right, so you've got those two things. Anything else? Mm-hmm. That you, I know that's what people are wanting to know about. What do you think they should wa- want to know about? Is that what's, what's important? I think what's important for, for shareholders is getting clarity on the resources, getting clarity on how we're going to fund it, and what the timeline to production is. Okay. And you know, our view right now is because of the brownfield nature of, of the project and the close look we've had at it for the last 12 months, um, you know, in order for us to be producing new tons through the mill, the existing mm-hmm. mill, and everybody needs to understand this is a brownfield site. So all of the infrastructure that you would imagine that a mine needs is there. Mm-hmm. So this, this gives us an opportunity to be back into cash flowing within uh, six to nine months once we start allocating capital. Okay. And we can't have a conversation about a company with Chilean assets without talking about Chile and what is going on there. Yeah. You gave me a great answer last time. What's changed? You know, I think I think we've gotten a little more clarity on the whole situation, okay. and um, and of course, please, I, please share because well, there's a lot of confusion out there. There, there is. Um, you know, w- when when uh, the new um, parliament came in, and then shortly after that, uh, the the new president, there was a lot of promises made to people in terms of um, social programs and, and this and that, and that's what got people elected. Mm-hmm supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're, they're, they're trying to figure out how they're going to fund all these promises. And, and we've heard things about, you know, uh, you know, 75% royalties on, co- on copper and, and whatnot. And that was in the early days. And I think, um, I think now that the, the people are, have been in government and they understand a little bit more about um, uh, suppose some of these promises that they made and, and they're getting a view on, on how they can fund things. They're realizing that, uh, you know, Chile uh, has a very important part of their sector, which is copper production. And they, they really don't want to shoot themselves in the foot. So they've tempered their, their uh, promises in terms of uh, how they're going to fund things. As I said, there are some crazy numbers coming out in terms of royalties that they're going to impose on people. So it, in, in, in the last sort of eight months since they've been in, in there and, um, um, and they've interacted with industry and, and whatnot, I think they've tempered what people thought they were going to do. And, um, and, and it looks like what, what the plan is to fund these programs is, to, is they're going to levy some royalties on the copper industry, but it's really going to be in that large segment of copper production. As I said, we're in the medium size. So you're talking small, producers, obviously, here. Producers, right? yeah. Of which you will be one. But do you think you'll be exempt from that in some way? Sure. Well, that's what I'm saying is it seems like they're targeting the large producers because um, 
and and they've come out and, and give some indication in, in that way that it's only really the people that produce more than about 40,000 tons of okay. copper a year that they're going to levy royalties on. And we're well within that. At 25 million pounds, we're at about 10,000 tons. Mm -hmm. So we actually have room to grow. And, and if there's any kind of uh, royalties, it'll be very minor. It'll be on a, on a scale system. Okay. Uh, so. So uh, I guess we've seen we've seen the things being tempered a little bit, and we've got a lot more clarity on, on what they're cool. what they're trying to go cool. for. Yeah. Also back home, so the sea trading note. Mm -hmm. um, what's the update? So we thought we were doing a really good thing by changing auditors. Um, right. Everything we're doing is is in preparation of going into production. Yeah. And we went from a very good but but smallish audit, audit, auditor, mm. which we've been with for several years, to another big four auditor, uh, thinking that it's a great idea. And hopefully, at the end of the day, we'll we'll realize it was. Um, in order for us to sort of transform the company and, and be prepared for becoming a cash flowing entity. Mm. Uh, in another country, and and you know these the, the big four auditing firms have so many more resources for tax advice and all kinds of things. Having said that, um, right now people are looking at me and saying, "Why did you do that?" Because a lot of times um, when you change auditors, they don't necessarily agree with what the prior auditor did or how they interpreted rules, and we found ourselves in a situation that. Um, they, they disagreed with a lot of different things, mostly to do with the operating entity that we have within our company and, and how we roll that into our company. These are all just interpretations of various uh, accounting rules, but a different interpretation from the prior auditor. And it's caused us to um, delay uh, filing our year-end financials. Now, having said that, the story just goes on because um, there's a lot of people that are, are late in filing and the regulators in British Columbia were so overwhelmed with late filing requests and things like that, that they just, they didn't have the, uh, the personnel or the bandwidth to uh, really investigate all of the, um, all of the applications for late mm -hmm. filing. So they're defaulting yeah. to uh, cease trading. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate um, that we're in that situation, but it's all driven by just different interpretations of rules. What was the resolution, I guess? When, when do you actually submit? When does that go away? Well, um, I think we've now uh, gotten to the point where we're finished answering um, the questions mm. and giving clarity on different things. And, and the auditors are finished interpreting the rules and applying them to our situation. Um, I feel like we should be uh, filing this week. It doesn't affect yeah. business, but it's got to be some closure to that. Yeah. Sounds like it's, it's, it's in hand. It's in hand. Okay, yeah. perfect. Look, thanks for coming in. Yep. Glad you've enjoyed the past couple of days well, at the old conference much. there. I could see you face to face. Yeah, of, it's really of good. Course. It's, it's great to be in London and see that everything's very active and yeah. busy here. And, and no, that's ma what no masks anywhere. That's right. Oh, that's right. right. It's very good. Like normal, normal life. Okay, we'll see you soon. Yep, thank you very much.